And I pray that this message ministers. If you go with me to Luke chapter 2. Who was here for Batman today and, and Santa? Wasn't that awesome? Like Batman rescuing Santa from the clutches of the Grinch. Like who does that? We do that. It was awesome. Okay, here we go. Luke chapter 2. And uh, I'm going to start. I'm going to start in verse 1. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken for the entire Roman world. Verse 3, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to, to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because that's the household that he belonged to, the line of David. And he went there to be registered with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there were no guest rooms available for them. I always like to make this emphasis because I believe it's, it's such a powerful part of the story, is they went back to the hometown of Joseph for the census. This is where he grew up. This is where his family was. And yet there was no room for them in any of the homes in Bethlehem. Why was that? Well, that was because she was 16 and pregnant, and Joseph was not the father. And her own family, her own friends, and Joseph's family and friends would not even let them stay with them when she was nine months pregnant. Can you imagine the rejection that that would do to a 16-year-old girl? And yet Mary knew, though, what was inside of her. See, when you know who's inside of you, it's amazing the things that you could get through in life. The things that could be done to you that don't destroy you because you know who's inside of you. And so Mary uh, went and they, they basically, uh, most scholars would say, found a cave. It wasn't necessarily a stable. It was a cave where animals would go and feed. And then verse 8, it says, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby watching over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly the great company of heavenly hosts appeared with them and angels praising God saying glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth peace to those whom God's favor rests on and then the angels left and then they went back to heaven and the shepherds said to one another let's go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about and then one more verse of scripture I'm actually I have this one memorized I thought you'd be more impressed, but yeah, obviously not very impressive. I'm a, I should, right? Uh, it's Romans chapter 14, verse 7. It says, the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Did, did I get it? It's cool. did, I, did I get it? Was I close? Did I get it? All right, awesome, awesome. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for tonight, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will, you will just speak this word through me, Lord God. I pray that this will be a time when we could just reflect on who you are to us, Lord God. Reflect on, on this season of our life, Lord God. 
and be able to, to, to leave here tonight with righteousness, peace, and joy in our lives. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So what I want you to do right now is just in your own mind, I want you to think about the greatest Christmas gift you have ever gotten. Just take your time right now. Think about it in your head right now. You got it? Okay. All right, now, now, get that thought out of your head, okay? Uh, now I want you to think about the worst Christmas gift that you have ever gotten in your life. Now I want you to utter the name of the person who gave it to you on three. One, two, three. No, you don't have to do that. For, for me, um, I'd have to say uh, the, the best and worst Christmas gifts in my life came from the same person. Uh, in my life. Uh, probably the best Christmas gift that I ever got. I remember I was, uh, I was 12 years old, Mom. And uh, I, I was so excited because Michael Jordan had just come back to the NBA. Remember that, 1996? Any Michael Jordan fans in here? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, oh my, how pumped were you? I mean, coming back, I, I was so excited. And Christmas, 1996 came. And, and, and I, my parents would always save the best for last. I don't know if your parents did that or, or, or Santa did that, uh, you know, uh, or, or both did that. And, and so at, at the end, you, you would get the, the, the big gift. It was the big gift. And it was always for me, save for, for the end. And, and so at the end, uh, my, my, my parents came to me and, and said, we, we got you something very, very special this Christmas. I, I, said, I said, what is it? They said, it's in this, this little, uh, little letter. And, and so I opened it up, and it was six seat tickets, box seat tickets to see the Bulls play the 76ers. I was, I was elated. I, I couldn't believe it. I, and I, I got like my Michael Jordan uniform on, and we went to the game. It was the greatest gift in the world. I'll never forget that, Mom. It was, it was amazing. Let's give Pastor Rhonda a big round of applause here, the founder of Shore Christian Church. And uh, she, she gives the best gifts, best hugs. One thing my mom always gives me every Christmas, uh, I don't know if any other parents, uh, you, you do this. I always get underwear. Every Christmas, uh, I, I get underwear, socks, and like, like V-neck polos or something like, you know. And, and there was this one time, I'll, I'll never forget it, mom. Uh, it was 2015. And uh, uh, 2015, I'm opening up all my presents, you know. Uh, uh, you know, you still get excited even though you're 30 years old to open up presents, right? Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm excited. I'm opening up my presents. I got a jacket, got, you know, uh, some socks, got a tie, you know. Real, ex real exciting stuff, right, when you get older, right, our presents. It's just phenomenal stuff. And then I get to my last present, the big gift. And I open it up, and it's underwear. And, uh, but it, this wasn't just any underwear. I noticed there weren't any tags on this underwear. And I said, Mom, where'd you get these, the, 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 the underwear from? She said, oh, the, the neighbors were donating it to the Dream Center, and they were just too good. I had to give them to you this Christmas, son. And, and so uh, I'm actually tonight rocking my, uh, my, my used underwear uh, gift from uh, 2015, Mom, uh, just because I love you that much. If you give it, it's the best. And <laughs> I hope those neighbors aren't here tonight. <laughs> so we, we, we have gifts. We have great gifts. We have ones that maybe don't measure up to our standards. Uh, but when Jesus came, Jesus didn't come empty-handed. Jesus came with some big gifts for us. 
Jesus came with gifts that we should still be get, getting excited about today. I mean, if you're like a 75-year-old man and you're here with your granddaughter, you should be just excited as she is this Christmas because of what our king has given you. Do I hear an amen? We, we have a, a savior that, that gives, gives great, great gifts. And, and he doesn't give them in the usual ways that we expect. They, they come in, in unique ways. They don't come uh, beautifully packaged many times. They come in, in ways we never expected. No one ever expected the king of the universe to be born in a feeding trough, in a cave, in a remote ghetto town called Bethlehem. No one expected that. But God wants us to know, even through the birth of Christ, that he shows up in unexpected ways in our lives. And if he did it back then, he'll do it today. So you you can't ever count a situation out. You can't ever count a person out because God, I love this, works in mysterious ways. Just look at the Christmas story. And we have been given these, these great gifts. And, and I, I love it how it talks about it in, in the passage. It says that this will give you great joy for all people. Joy. There's joy that has been given to us on Christmas. It, it says in verse 14, Glory to God in the highest heavens on earth. Peace to those whom his favor rests. We have peace. We have been given peace from this great Savior. And the third thing that we've been given, it's, it's interesting that it says, and peace to those whom the favor of God rests. Another translation says, where, the, where, where God is pleased, peace will rest. That when you know that God is pleased with you, then peace is a byproduct of that. Does anybody remember the first time you ever fell in love with your sweetheart? Do you ever remember the first time that you knew for sure that they actually loved you? Like there were moments when you weren't sure, but then that time came where you knew that they really loved you. I, I'll never forget when I was on a vacation with, with my wife. It was, we, we were just dating at the time. We went to St. Martin. Uh, anyone ever been to St. Martin? Not many people. God bless St. Martin. Pray for St. It got, it got just like really wrecked by the hurricane. But uh, I was there, and I was with, there with Diamond. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget, I, I was in love. But I didn't know if she was in love. That's like a scary place to be. When you like like somebody, like like them, like them, like really like them. Like I think I love them, but I definitely really like them, like them. But I'm not sure if they like me, like me back. So I don't really know how to act, and, and, and I don't know, like, should I, do I hold her hand? Do I, like, what do I do? Because she, she ha is, is, like, a really good girl. She's like, she was, like, the first Christian girl I ever dated. Like, all I ever dated was, like, crazy girls. <laughs> I hope none of them are here tonight. No. Uh, and, then, and, and, then, and then I got this, like, like real goody two-shoes girl that, that you know, uh, is in church, met her at the Dream Center. I was like, what do I, like, do, do I hold her hand? Is that too much? And, and I'll never forget, we were in St. Martin, and, and, and we had our, our first kiss. It was magical. It was amazing. We were in the water, and it, it was just an incredible time. And, and, and I was so thankful. I was like, she loves me. She loves me. And, and I remember, Lily, this will be good news for you. Uh, you better be careful growing up. Uh, because Pastor Rhonda saw me kissing Diamond. And uh, Pastor Rhonda uh, was not happy about that. And, and reprimanded me. I was, I was, what, 23 years old. I was getting in trouble for kissing the girl. I'm like, Mom, I'm 23. But, but my mom, like, like rips into me. Like, like you, you engaged couples shouldn't even be doing that. You're an example to the people in the church. I'm like, we're in St. Martin. There's no one from the church at St. Martin. At least I don't think. 
you know. And then from that moment on, Diamond wouldn't touch me the rest of the vacation, let alone talk to me. I'm like, she doesn't love me. She loves me. She doesn't love me. Anyone ever dealt with that before? But then I, I'll never forget the moment when I put that ring on her finger, baby. And I knew for certain that this woman loved me. And I feel like so many people, we go through our relationship with God in a way that he loves me, he loves me not. Because we base our relationship with God on our behavior. And our behavior is as schizophrenic as the weather patterns in New Jersey in a December month. Because we, we are so crazy with our behavior. Some days we could be awesome, Steve. You're an amazing husband this one day. And then the next day, you're not. You're selfish. I, don't, I really don't know this for sure. I'm just saying this. But I'm saying I am. Be, because <laughs> his wife's giving him the thumbs up. Yep, I'm spot on. I'm a prophet. I don't even know it tonight. And be, because that's how we are. Our behavior is up and down. Our, our moods are up and down. Suddenly, because you don't have enough sugar in your bloodstream, you turn into a crazy person. And, and suddenly, because of how you're acting, you think God doesn't love you the same today as he did yesterday. And what happens is, is when, when we don't think that God loves us, we can't have peace in our hearts. Because when you know you're loved, then you know you can have peace in your home and in your life and in your heart. Because where the peace of God is, you know that his favor is. But if his favor is not on you, then I feel like I can't have peace in my heart. And so often the reason we don't have peace in our hearts is because we think our relationship with God is based off of our schizophrenic behavior. And all of a sudden uh, we go outside of church and we feel so holy, we feel so amazing. And then we have a ticket on our dashboard and then we're cursing the parking lot attendant out. And we just came out of church on a Sunday morning because you have schizophrenic behavior. But I want you to know that God's love is not that way towards us. So often, there's peace in our home when we know we have been approved. But when we know we have not been approved, there is no peace in our home. I, I know that that's the case with me. If, if I leave the towels out in the bathroom, I asked Diamond uh, this, today, I was like, Diamond, uh, what, what, what's something that I've done that's been really pleasing to you? And her answer to me was, I'm still waiting for that moment. Uh, I'm dead serious. That's what she said to me. Uh, but then she told me, no, no, you know, I, I, it was really pleasing when you took me to see the dolphins. Uh, I took her to see dolphins. And uh, uh, that, it was such a pleasing day in the Friedel household uh, after I, I, I did that for her. Because the favor of diamond rests on me. But then when I leave my, <laughs> this is what she, she said I do. She goes, this is what drives me crazy the most is you take your dirty clothes and you leave them in the bathroom and then you take the clean towels and you bring them in your bedroom. And I'm like, so what? And she's like, no, it drives me crazy because when you do things that annoy another person, there's not peace in the home. So often we think that that's the case with our heavenly father, with our God, that when we're not acting up to par, that we can't have peace in our life. But I want you to know that when Jesus came to earth, our peace came to earth. And when Jesus died on that middle cross for us, what we have been given is an eternal right standing with God. 
which means that if he loves me today, he loves me when I get a parking ticket outside after service. I hope that's not you. And you start cursing your head off. Or he, he loves you even when you, you feel like you're not on your best day. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And when you know that, what is amazing gift that comes from your right standing with God is peace in your heart and joy in your soul, knowing where I stand with God, that I don't have to earn my salvation. What a confidence that could come in us when we know we are loved. What a confidence you can live with when you know you are approved by somebody. I, I was so blessed. My, my mom uh, was going through a lot of the old cards that I wrote to, to her and, and, she, and to my father. And she found this one card that I wrote my dad for Christmas in 2001. You see, my father did so many things right. One thing my father did so right. Um, you could take that picture down. A little early, but that's okay. One thing that my father did very right is he made sure that I knew that he loved me even when I was at my worst. My father made sure that I knew that he loved me even when I messed up, even when I was acting a fool. Even when, Judah, I didn't want to go to church for a candlelight service like you didn't want to go to church at a candlelight service tonight. My dad made sure I knew that he loved me. And that produced something inside of me so strong. And I, I never really saw it until I read this card. This was a, a card that I wrote my father, 2001. Just listen to this. And, and I'm, don't listen to it thinking of a cocky 17-year-old. But listen to it, understanding that this was a child that knew he was loved and accepted by his father. This is what I wrote. I said, Dear Dad, thank you for always supporting me in all of my decisions that I have made over the course of this year. No matter if I go 0 for 5 or 4 for 5, you always love me and make me feel like a million dollars. One thing that I greatly admire about you is the amount of pride that you have in me. It means so much to me to know that you brag about me to someone, when you brag about me to someone, or just even bring up my name. You have really instilled tremendous Christian character and taught me to have confidence in myself. I know that even if I don't accomplish my dream of being a Major League Baseball player, that I will have no other choice in my life than to be successful in whatever I may do. And you are the reason for that. I owe it to you. Love you. Isaac Friedel. And I read that, and, and, and in a way, I'm like, I can't believe I, I sound so, so cocky. But then I realized, no, wait. That was instilled inside of me from my father. That e even if I don't accomplish my dream, I know no matter what I do, I'm going to be successful. That does, just doesn't happen to a person. That's instilled in a person. That, that was instilled in, in me from my Father and from my Heavenly Father. See, when you know that you are accepted and loved, it produces a confidence inside of you. 
that so many people lack today. There's so many people, and maybe you're sitting in, in, in a seat right now, and you are so insecure. You, you, you feel like you have to impress other people by what you say and what you do. You, you have no idea whether someone loves you or whether they don't love you, and you, you, you feel like it's the biggest deal in the world to try and get other people to like you, and you feel like you have to lie about what you do for a living, or you have to make things seem like they're better, they're better than they really are, and, 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 and you just want, want people to love you and accept you, and, and you're, you're constantly putting a mask up, and it, it, it's so unhealthy. So many people do this. But yet if you knew that no matter what, just how you are today, that your Father in heaven loves you, it would produce such a confidence in you that you wouldn't have to fake and make up stuff any longer in order to impress people because you know that you have already impressed the only one that matters. And he's not impressed by your behavior. Trust me. Every one of you is naughty. You know, turn to the person next to you and say, you're naughty. But don't say it weird because it could get, get kind of awkward if you did that. <clears throat> but you are. Every, every single one of you. Like I thought about how funny is it we have a naughty and a nice list. Like nobody's nice. We're, we're all on the naughty list. And, and, and yet somehow we think we can impress God and, and garnish his gratitude and his love. It's like, uh, I, I remember when I was younger, I always wanted to try and impress uh, Gary Carter. He was a friend of our family, uh, Hall of Famer. Uh, Gary Carter played for the Mets, won a World Series in 1986. He was inducted into the uh, Professional Baseball Hall of Fame, I think it was 2005. Uh, passed away, went to heaven in 2009. And he was a close friend of our family. And I remember being 12 years old, and I would try and impress Gary by how strong my arm was at 12 years old. Like, maybe I can impress Gary Carter and, like, really sting his mitt. He's catching Dwight Gooden's 99-mile-an-hour fastball. And here I and I would get nervous because I'm trying to impress him. And, and I'm throwing the ball all over the place trying to, trying to throw to Gary Carter. And, and I realized something as I got a little older. There was nothing I could have done to impress Gary Carter with my 12-year-old fastball. Nothing. But yet so often when we put the pressure all on us to perform in order to garnish approval, we end up not performing very well at all. But if you could just be secure and realize that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of what he did for me on the middle cross, that my faith in Jesus is what garnishes God's approval on me. Suddenly, when you make that determination, the two great gifts that come from that is peace and joy. My right standing with God will give me peace in my heart and joy in my spirit. And man, we need peace. You need peace. You are so stressed out about everything. You need peace in your heart so bad. And it is only going to come from one place. And it is your creator it is the one that came and died for you, Jesus Christ. He is the prince of peace. The, the only place that your peace can come from that is eternal is from Christ, is from Jesus. And the second thing that comes from that gift of right standing with God, righteousness, peace, and joy. Joy. Who's joyful tonight? Yeah. Let's see those smiles. Who's got, let me see those pearly whites. Yeah. No? Nobody wants to smile at me? No? That's okay. That's, I don't want to smile at you either. Now who, joy, I'm, I'm joyful. 
And we think joy is, a, is an expression on our face. We think joy is an a emotion. I'm joyful today. That's not the joy that God wants to give you this Christmas. See, the joy that Christ came to give you is not an emotion. It is a permanent state of your being that you could carry in any season of life. What I love about what Jesus did, the joy that Jesus had and has and gave to us, is it's a joy that knows no matter what I go through, somehow God's going to get the glory out of this. One of my favorite scriptures is in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of God the Father. I don't think Jesus was smiling when he was carrying that cross for me and you. But yet there was such a joy in his heart because he knew that this pain was producing purpose. That there's purpose in this pain. See, if you know that there is a purpose in every pain, that there is a purpose in every season of your life, even the most challenging seasons of your life that I can't explain, you can't explain, I want you to know that you could still have joy in that season knowing that some way, somehow, God can get the glory out of this. That's what Mary knew. Mary knew that somehow in the midst of this rejection from her family, in the midst of having to give birth in a cave, that somehow God was going to get the glory out of her burden. And that is what you need to know this evening, is that you can have that joy in any and every season of life. Joy in the little things. Joy in the big things. You can have joy in every season of life. How are we able to have these amazing gifts? It's not because of anything that we did. It's because of something that Christ did for us. I'm going to close with this story. I've only told it one other time. And I feel like it's, can I sit down? You guys look so cozy and I thought I'd join you. Can you see me okay? Okay. I, it, this is a true story of a father and a son. And it's a story of a father and a son. And the father loved his son so, so much. And the father, every day after school, would pick up his son. And he'd bring his son to work with him. And the father, what, what he did for a living is he, he, he worked uh, as a um, uh, conductor on a bridge. And uh, it was a bridge where, where boats would go underneath and trains would go over the bridge. And the, the, the father, man, he loved bringing his son to work with him. He would bring him to, to work, and there was a, a little uh, fishing area. The son would love to go fishing in this little area. And there was this one particular day when the, the father was there, and, and he, he would give, get his son, like, a nice hot chocolate. He loved hot chocolate. Did anyone get a hot chocolate tonight? They got a, a hot chocolate bar somewhere. Lily's the only one. Great job. Lily, Lily drank all the hot chocolate. Sorry. And this one day... The father was there with his son, and there was a boat coming in. And as the boat was coming in, the, the bridge had to go up, and so the, the, the father made sure that everything was right and brought the bridge up. And what he would do is he would have to hit a button to warn any incoming trains that the bridge was up so that they wouldn't come. And they would see the light. It was a warning sign. It was a warning light to say, don't come. you got to slow down because there's danger ahead. And I feel like that's so fitting because there's always warning signs that our Heavenly Father gives us. 
stay away from this, don't go there, that, that's dangerous, don't talk to that person, don't, don't uh, allow that bitterness to get in your heart, danger, there was a warning sign. And as the, the, the boat was going through, the father was distracted, and the son realized that there was another train coming. And this train was coming real fast, but the bridge was still up. And the son didn't know where the father was. The father had turned his back on his son for that moment. And the son knew that there was this one lever underneath the, the bridge that if he pulled it, that he could pull it and collapse the bridge so that, that the train would be able to get over without anyone getting hurt. And so the son, he, he ran and, and, and he went and he pulled that lever and the father saw him running and the father was screaming, no, don't go down there. And the, the son went down there trying to save the day, trying to be the hero, trying to save the, the people on that train from crashing. And there were so many people on this train. There were all kinds of people on this train. This was a, an international train. There was people of every race, every creed, every color. There were, there were rich people, poor people. There were people that had addictions. There were people that were business leaders. There were uh, people from, from every generation on that train. And, and the son wanted to save the day. But when he went to pull the letter, lever, his foot got caught. And all of a sudden, the father is seeing this from up in the, in the conductor station, and he's, he's panicked. He doesn't know what to do because the train's coming, and he has to make a decision. Do, do I leave the bridge up and save my son, and everyone on that train is going to crash and die? Or do I let my son die so that everybody on that train will live? And he made the decision that I'm going to sacrifice my son so that everybody on that train can live. And everybody on that train, they were warned. They were warned, stop. Don't come any closer. There's danger ahead. Don't do that. They ignored it. I think you know where I'm going with this true story. Because this is the true story of humanity. This is the true story of us. This is the true story of the reason Jesus came. The reason Jesus came was to sacrifice his life for us so that we don't crash and burn, so that we could get on the other side of the bridge and make it to heaven, so that we could have righteousness, peace, and joy here on earth. And it came through the sacrifice of Jesus. And I want you to know he did that for you, he did that for me. And now I'm able to live in this amazing space of forgiveness because of what he did for me. And I didn't earn it, I didn't do anything to get it. Every single one of us are naughty people. There was only one nice person, and his name is Jesus. And when we put our faith in him, that's when we can receive righteousness, peace, and joy, an eternal place in heaven through our faith in him. What a gift we have been given.